This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? Oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank that. you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergeth. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast once again today on these Fridays. We talk with our friend uh, Jeff Ash. We are, of course, uh, via the telephone as I'm up in uh, Devil's Lake, North Dakota. So this is, Jeff, when you're gone and doing things remotely, you're in places like, oh, I don't know, Vero Beach, Florida. You're in uh, Charleston, South Carolina. I'm in Devil's Lake, North Dakota. Uh, I don't know what's going on here. I think I'm getting the short end of the stick. Everybody has their heaven, I guess. Not, right? <laughs> I suppose that's true. <laughs> uh I don't know. That's just the way it is. I'm stuck here now, too, and I'm definitely missing those places you mentioned. <laughs> hey, uh, so I've been missing out. You guys have been getting some snow. There's road closures. At least I can say this. It is really uh, cold up here. We've been below zero the last couple of nights overnight, but at least we're not getting snow and wind like you guys are down there. How's the traveling been? Yeah, well, the Highway 23, so right out in front of my place here, was closed last night. Wow. Well, Highway 23 south of Granite was closed. Um, Highway 7 west of Montevideo was closed. So kind of the whole central southwest part of the state last night had closures. And it was drifting. Carter uh, actually drove. They, I don't know, it must have been about 1030 or 11. He was watching some of the March Madness games in Clutter City with some buddies. And he didn't know if he was going to be able to come home. But then they, then on the 511, it wasn't closed anymore. But he said he was... He was dang glad he was the only one on the road. He said it was glare ice. Wow. So so he did get home, and I do see a little traffic out there. Um, the sun will probably help, but it's supposed to be 20-plus mile-an-hour winds again today, so that just makes it so slippery. Yeah, terrific. And then, you you know, you get that snow when it's right around freezing, a little above or a yep. little below. It's so wet and heavy uh, snow. Yeah. They call that the heart attack snow. I'm, I'm kind of glad the neighbor apparently has been helping Tanya back home while I'm not there. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it takes a lot of neighbors to get through some of this stuff. That's for dang sure. I've yeah. heard a lot of stories of that and seen that even on Facebook, too. But um, I've documented I rely on mine, too, to help me. And right. I, I need to plow snow again, uh, just never-ending. I really got used to that week in Florida and that weather <laughs> and having a golf club in my hand a couple times. And uh, I mean, thank goodness for March Madness, I guess, because that is a nice little getaway and I'm working from home these two days, um, which I maybe would have anyway, but yeah, uh, it's not yeah. really worth driving, I guess, and or it gives me a good reason not to. So. Yeah, yeah, uh, NCAA tournament underway, the yeah. March Madness, that's so much fun. The girls are at state. We've got several teams, three, as a matter of fact, that we cover that are at uh, the state yeah. tournament, and I'll have uh, the scoreboard coming up for uh, folks uh, during the uh, Live at Five Sports. So uh, lots of fun. Who did you Who did you pick to win the NCAA this year? Well, mine's usually fairly well documented. I'm a dookie, so yeah, I, yeah. I feel uh, I fell a little bit out of favor with them during COVID. I, I'm a, the reason I always loved Duke was Coach K. I just mm. I always loved his style. I loved how he motivated and how his teams always showed up. But um, I didn't I didn't kind of love the whole COVID thing and his kind of stance on it. So it kind of rubbed me a little bit. But I really like Shire. He's obviously a dookie himself, and I kind of got into watching them down the stretch a lot more and um, in the ACC tournament. And I thought they looked great yesterday. Mm. And that is saying something because I watched every day in game that was on yesterday. And I kept commenting. I told Carter when he got home last night, I said, see, I have seen s- such bad basketball. I just couldn't mm. believe yes. how, how bad it was. I'm like, you yeah. guys are just like giving it to the other team. I'm talking at like crucial moments, like that Virginia player. Yeah. 
He's the all-time winningest player in the ACC. That's saying something right there. Yeah. He's been he's got a national championship. He's also lost to a 16 seed and now a 14 or whatever it was yesterday. But what the heck was he thinking? I know they're I, kids and you can make mistakes, yeah. but he had a little uh, time under his belt to not make I just I was sitting there almost like kind of paying attention, but I'm like, what did he just do? Yeah, right. Did- but I saw that all all the time. I was just like, these guys, you know, there's so much. And again, this is going to sound like old school. And oh, you know, <laughs> well, the game is different. You the are old is, school. <laughs> the, I know the game is different. But I said that last night too. I said, but I don't think the game has changed to where the coaches are like, you know what, turnovers are fine. If you guys give it to the other team, it's no big deal. We'll just get it back. You know, and I'm like, no, I think they're still emphasizing ball control and you know valuing the ball but it just does not seem like that and like missing layups and missed dunks and I don't know it was something that stood out to me yesterday watching the games as athletic and crazy skilled as these guys seem to be um, just the art of shooting dribbling passing I was like wow so I'll be interested to see what they look like today yeah, so for maybe those people that didn't see it, the Virginia guard gets the ball in the backcourt. There's a press, of course, by, was it Fairleigh Dickett? No, uh, uh, Furman uh, that they lost to, uh, yep. right? And yep. and he gets trapped, but I think they had a timeout left. It's in the waning they seconds. Did. And and instead of calling a timeout to save the possession or or trying to throw yeah, it off like the five, leg. Five or six seconds left. Yeah, yeah. He just chucks the ball in the air out toward midcourt. So the kid comes in, he says, thank you very much. He catches it, he finds an open three-point shooter, he drills it they lose the game now they had like 1.2 seconds after that we can't do anything with that uh and that's gonna go down i think uh probably still just below chris weber's timeout that they didn't have with michigan right i mean that's still the biggest mental error i can remember yeah that was in the national championship that's right that makes it bigger uh but still you're it's almost like and that wasn't just like the one play that stood out and some of those plays don't even get noticed right just like I, I just couldn't believe how often they would come down and just have no regard for controlling the ball, you know, like just loose dribbles and the other guy just takes it and goes the other way, almost, you know, not to the level that these teams you'd think should be at. And I, I don't know, maybe that's just something I was pulling out of it, but I, I just kept thinking, you know, these big guys that can't make layups, I mean, from one side of the basket to the other side of the basket and, and the, and the way the ball was all over the place, I, I think maybe that's why I felt so good about Duke. I was just like, they looked totally in control. They dominated on defense. So I liked them. And there was other teams that looked really good too, I, you know, but um, I'm, I'm interested to see today. I like a Houston team. I'm just like, I watched them last night and I thought you guys are so athletic, like freakishly athletic. Yep. They look like they should just dominate any team. And they had such a hard time pulling away from Northern Kentucky who, you know, that's fine. But I always think when you get teams like Northern Kentucky, whatever, when they have double-digit losses in the conferences that they play in, I would think the team that was number one in the nation all year should just take it to them. But that's part of March Madness, I guess. So Yeah, you know, I think nerves come into it, guys, especially yeah, when they're higher seeds, that. you know. Yeah, I had a few people say that yesterday that maybe it was yeah. nerves, maybe, but – I think there's yeah. more pressure on those high seeds too, right? I mean, they're expected to win those games. And if and they know that if they win by eight, 
nine points, which that's about where the Houston game was that you're you're referencing. People go, you only beat them by eight points. You're the number one <laughs> seed. Should have beat them by forty, you know. But and I think they feel that pressure a little bit. I mean, they're only kids, and they have to deal with a lot more uh, direct interaction with fans and others than we ever had to do, or, or yeah. previous generations of big time college athletes. Uh, you know, with all the social media stuff, I think it gets yeah. to them a little bit more now. Yeah, and I do think there's – I said that before the tournament started, you know, when you're trying to pick your brackets, it's like you can't find that big of a difference between some of the top, you know, one and two and three seeds and the 13, 14, 15 seeds as far as, like, the ability. I mean, that kid from Furman yesterday looked like he was way better than playing on Furman. I'm like – yeah, and that's what, that's what I love about the tournament is when, you know, you get into these games, you sit down, you got your drink, you got your snacks, you know, and you're – like, okay, who are these guys? And then all of a sudden somebody just puts his whole team on his back for one or two rounds that you've never heard of before. Right. And that's what makes it so fun. Yep. And and the other part that I just I love about it so much is, you know, like, okay, so in that game, like that, that Virginia game, that big guy kept them in that game at the end. Uh, I can't remember what his name was now, but he was the one that they kept showing. He was taking it so hard at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. But you look at him, you look at the fans, it's like it is not – it is not made up. That is not a manufactured emotion, you know, that yeah. sometimes you're like, oh, yeah, like you even care. But I'm like, that's what I love about the NCAAs. It's like, this is it for those guys. And and then one time they get to experience that in their fans, you know, it's just like it's – that's what I think makes March the whole madness of it all is just that the intensity and the finality of this is it and yep. that Cinderella or the run or whatever. I, I don't know. There's just so many things that go into it that are just so, like, intoxicating basically. Yeah, and then I'm sure that uh, it was something that you could relate to. So Fran McCaffrey is the head coach at Iowa, and his son yeah. Connor plays for him, and they got knocked off in the tournament uh, yesterday, and they, they showed Connor just weeping on the shoulders of some of the coaches and so forth. Of course, he looked for tall coaches because he's tall, so then he found those <laughs> taller guys and, and buried his head in their shoulder. And, and you can see that isn't fake. That's real. I mean, he's yeah. a senior. He's leaving. He's got to play for his dad, and now that all comes to an end at least one game before they uh, thought it might, although it was an eight versus nine game. Didn't they lose to Auburn? I think it was, which is a good, good SEC team. I mean, Auburn five and one so far in the tournament, they look to really be a, a a powerful conference, but, but yeah, that's that emotion you talk about that, that is uh, it's, it's fun for us to watch. Uh, You know, you feel bad for the kid, but you know how much it meant to him just by seeing that. And it's easy for us to sit here in our recliners and criticize you know, you guys aren't handling the ball or whatever. And some of that is just talk to, you know I mean? Because we have a podcast and we can talk smart. That's right. That was a takeaway for me. Just like, yep. why, why am I seeing such sloppy play? And, and I get it. You know, like a lot of times a team like Virginia with them guarding you and Houston, I mean, it just wears you out. They're just on you and all over you. And I thought that's not to keep talking about Duke, but I thought that was the thing about Duke is Oral Roberts. Just, they were just like, it's a lot easier in the Summit League than this. You know, like, <laughs> That's right. Like, we can get threes off anytime we want, and we can get to the rim. And, I mean, they just they couldn't do anything getting to the rim. And and I I appreciate that defense because you know that's what's going to kind of carry you. But that was, that was my thing is that it wasn't – a lot of it wasn't, like, pressured and it wasn't forced. It was just, like, unforced errors where I'm just like, are we just going to give the ball away here? Yeah. You know, like – yeah. 
You know what? Definitely, definitely lots of ebbs and flows when it comes to this time of the year. That's for sure. You know, another college basketball team that gave the ball away a lot was the Gophers. Uh, What what did they win? Nine games, I think, this year, if you include their Big Ten uh, tournament win that they have. Yeah, and the Big Ten isn't very good. They're getting beaten in the NCAA ice. And now the word comes out that Jamison Battle and Talon Cooper, probably their two best players, have entered the transfer portal. Uh, yeah. So I, I, it just doesn't look like Ben Johnson is up to the job at this point. Now, I don't think they're going to get rid of him now because these two guys transferred or because he just won nine mm-hmm. games uh, this year and what, two in the Big Ten or whatever it was. Um, but that's, that is not a good sign. Uh, when all your veteran players leave, Rose Michaud is leading the Gophers after Lindsey Whalen's uh, departure there as well. Yeah. Gopher basketball right now is in about as poor a shape as it's been in a long time. Yeah, and that's sad um, when you – we're talking about all this great energy in the NCAA tournament, and then you turn it to the golfers, and it's almost just like this thump of, ugh, yeah. you know, like, dang, you know, when are we ever going to? Because that, that was one of the funnest things I was thinking as I went down to watch really good um, Section 3A and 3AA mm-hmm. um, games the other night. I remember the, the days when the golfers were in the tournament, and they would potentially play, you know, at like before or whatever, and a bunch of us guys, we'd hit a bar before the section games to be able to watch the golfers and mm-hmm. just the energy that went with that. You know, <clears throat> you throw in the golfers to the mix of how much fun it already is. It's just like a whole nother level. But then when you look at them, I'm like, when are we even going to be thinking about that? You know, I mean, we don't even have a chance to get into the NIT or, you know, any of those kind of tournaments right now, the way we're playing. And I just feel like we don't have – it's not like, well, yeah, but you should see this recruiting class he's got coming in. If anything, we're losing. Yeah. I well, don't know. It doesn't look good. Well, Jamison Battle is their best player. Uh, he's their scorer. Yeah. They they need it. He came back to Minnesota uh, during the pandemic because he wanted to come back and play closer to home. But then, you know, there's a coaching change since he came on board. They go, uh, you know, to, to, to coach Ben Johnson. And, and I think everybody was supportive of Johnson, but he had never been a head coach before. And to jump right into the Big Ten, especially mm-hmm. at the U, which is, uh, you know, it's, it's tough to win at the U. The barn is, we love it. But not many high school basketball players come to the barn and go, hey, I want to play here for the history. Yeah, they just don't right. do that. So, no. so so it's an uphill battle, but it's not that uphill. They shouldn't go 8-22. and 22. That should not happen. They should at least be somewhat competitive. And, and I think if they're on the fringe of making the NCAAs or not, that to me seems like where the Gopher program should be each yep. year. And they're not even close here lately. Well, and look, you know, use use another model of like Northwestern Penn yeah. State, um, as far as you know, what are they doing? And like the Northwestern coach, I'm kind of a junkie when it comes to that. Like, where do these coaches come from? Are they ex-players? You know, where do they play? I just love all that yep. kind of information. And I was looking at the Northwestern coach last, or excuse me, the Penn State coach, and I was like, I do not know that guy. Yeah, and I don't know where he came from exactly. So. It isn't that you have to have, you know, Chris Collins, who played for Duke, and his dad was an NBA coach, et cetera, et cetera, right. like they have at Northwestern. But it's like, what what the heck is missing? Because I don't think either, oh, I'm a big recruit. I want to go to Northwestern, you know, or I want to even go to Penn State as far as basketball goes. That's not what you think of initially in the Big Ten either. So to your point, it's exactly what you're saying. It's like we, we have what they have. But what is, what's the missing piece here, you know, and yeah. 
Uh, and, and, and college basketball programs, as we know, and, and as you referenced early on here, you follow Duke because of Coach K. College basketball is about the coaches. It, it really is. They put the whole thing together. They, they as, uh, uh, as Bill Parcells once said, if you want me to be the chef, I need to shop for some of the ingredients. Well, they get to do that in college basketball. They recruit all the players. They sell the program or their assistants do, and, and then they, they coach them up. It's all about them. And right now, honestly, it looks like, uh, you know, Ben Johnson is in over his head uh, in the Big Ten. And, and uh, I, he'll get at least another year. But beyond that, uh, I think it would be kind of hard to say. Yeah, and I think the, the thing about college sports compared to pro sports is that the coaches are the constant. You know, they're going to be yep. there. The players, one and done, two yep. and done, whatever. I, yesterday, I couldn't believe it when I saw West Virginia, one of the first games, and they're starting five seniors. I'm like, when the heck has that ever happened at a major conference in yeah. the last, I don't know, five to ten years where you would have five seniors around? Yeah. You know, whether it would be a, going to the NBA or transferring. But at those bigger schools, you know, everybody seems to have some kind of an NBA player. Yeah. So it's, to see five seniors starting, and then they lose. So you can't say that's a recipe either. Like, oh, yeah, well, see, look at Here's West Virginia making a run with their seniors. Oh, they lose in the first round. Yeah. You know, but, I, you know, there you got Huggins. Just they're like the face of of it when it comes to college, which I like too. There's some stability there. It isn't like, um, you know, the NFL. You just don't know what's going on, or the NBA either. It's like it's like a revolving door between yeah. these coaches and even players at that matter. But the one thing that I also love about the NCAA's is okay. So take this Furman coach. You think he didn't just make some money yesterday? Oh man, he is. He's now gonna you know he's gonna be at a now at a mid major or. You know, who knows, the next next opening at one of maybe a lower tier, you know, major power conference. He's yeah. got that job. You know, he'll be a top candidate just like that. He and loses. See, he loses. And, you know, yeah. doesn't mean he necessarily coach. But I did think he met the eye test. I did when, you know, just sometimes you can even pick that up, like in their interviews and stuff. I don't know what it is, but some, some coaches, they just have it. And I thought he kind of had it. You know, I just, I enjoyed his few seconds that he had. And then I see another coach and he's just a complete dud. And I'm like, hmm. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's interesting. Yeah. And for me, that's a little bit why I follow the NBA more, because I'm more about the players than I am the coaches. Yeah. And the Furman coach, so he wins, and it's this great story, and they advance in the NCAA tournament. And then he Maybe. just moves on for someone else, and he leaves all those guys behind. Except now he could probably go to a couple of them and say, hey, I'm going over to this school. It's a bigger college. You yeah. want to go with me? Come and the kid along. goes, sure. See, I don't think that's right either. I don't think a coach yeah. should be able to take any players that he just coached. If he changes jobs, he should not be allowed to take those players. But right now it's wide open in college basketball. They're, sure they're slinging money around. Whoever can find some on the street, they're picking it up without much regulation. Uh, uh, and and uh, you know the, the the transfer portal, a free transfer, which is fine. I'm I'm glad the players get a little more freedom. I, I think they deserve some of that, but I, but I don't like it if uh, you know. Let's say a college comes to the Furman coach. Uh, it's an SEC school, so let's say Mississippi State, just for the sake of argument, and they mm-hmm. say we'll hire you as a coach at two point five million a year for five years or whatever the contract sizes they get, if you bring the two big players that helped you advance in the NCAA tournament, you bring us your post and your point and you've got a job. So that doesn't right. seem right to me. And I wouldn't be yeah. at all surprised if that's happening. Yeah, I know. I can't argue that one. And I, I was just sitting here thinking when, as we were talking about this, I'm like my comment about the uh, level of play, you know, I don't, yeah. it's easy to read into this stuff, but does it have something to do with the fact that these guys are 
new to the program, you know, they, you don't have a chance to really get down to things, but I don't, I don't yeah. really know if that's the thing too, whether you're new to the program or if you're a freshman in the program, you know, what's the real difference, I guess. Yeah. But, well, well, Jeff, our Dookie friend, thanks for joining us again yeah. here on the podcast and we'll talk again next week. All right, let's think spring here, Todd. That's right. Jeff Ash joining us on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.